0: What's going on, guys? Doc Danny here with the Active Atlanta podcast. And today I got my good buddy Jeff Trotty on from uh, Decatur Comprehensive Body Works here in Decatur. Uh, just an absolute stud of a hands on body worker, massage therapist. Uh, interesting background at that. I've, I really had a, uh, you know, enjoyed getting a chance to get to know Jeff a little bit and his diverse background. And, and Jeff, if you would, uh, first of all, do take some time and give everybody a little bit of your background. Cause, cause every time I meet, uh, meet up with you, I feel like I learn about something else you did before you got into comprehensive body works.
1: <laughs> That's great. Um, so my, I guess when we're talking about bodywork, it goes all the way back to when I, I went to the university of Georgia at that time. This we're talking about 1980. So it's not just a minute ago. Uh, I ended up being roommates with a a guy from Stockholm, Sweden. And I went to the University of Georgia to study health and physical education because that's what you studied if you wanted to go into anything. If you wanted to be a PT, if you wanted to be a trainer, if you wanted to be uh that's what you went that's what you studied. And so that coursework that is you know you take you do human is with uh, human cadavers, you take them apart, you study all the muscles, then you take human fa- physiology, again, a lot of intense uh, hands-on work, exercise physiology, kinesiology, and all with the intention of, okay, I'm gonna go be a... You know, you envision being different things, and... uh my roommate was from Stockholm, Sweden, he wanted massage. That's what he wanted. Yeah. And so he spent a little bit of time educating me uh, as to the benefits of massage. You know, that he was a high level athlete. In fact, he had made the Olympic team in Sweden, but it was the year that everybody boycotted the Olympics. And so he never got to participate in the Olympics, But he would go on and on about how much, bo- how much better your body can feel with good soft tissue work. And during our freshman year, we went down to uh, the St. Petersburg, Florida to meet up with his team that was over here for 10 to 14, I think it was two weeks, 14 days, uh, and we, I spent time learning massage techniques. He spent time swimming. four or five hours and so that was my first exposure to massage and the way that good hands-on therapists had been doing it in Europe for you know way longer than it's been taking place in the United States and then I promptly went back over I went to Sweden and studied for 10 weeks and again very different philosophy is is part of You know, people send you to massage, the doctors send you to massage therapists. You've been in PT long enough to realize that that's starting to happen in the United States. That has not been the traditional uh, philosophy in the United States. Sure. Uh, The philosophy in the United States is you go to the doctor, if, If you're lucky, he sends you to a physical therapist. If you're lucky, he sends you to a good physical therapist. One, it's not in a ridiculous uh, assembly line of therapy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I felt like I was really fortunate in that I got to study with a couple of different people over in in Sweden, both sides of Sweden, malma Helsingborg area, and Stockholm. And then I came back here and promptly realized that there wasn't a lot of therapeutic massage, and that probably that was going to be an uphill battle. so while I did do part- time massage, and part time for me was you know fifteen to twenty hours a week of massage along with a full-time job and and one of the things you learn if you stick around long enough is that everything kind of ties together. And so you you develop your ability to, to relate with people because you owned a bar. You develop your ability to see some of the biomechanical things when you do when I was doing construction, you know, and the way you would build the foundation and and that helps when you're looking at a body, when you're looking at the way somebody is, for an example, setting up to make a golf swing or setting up to do a squat, and then you can start seeing the turn because, oh, your foot's a little too far back. In construction, it's no different. You're looking and you're going, hey, this foundation is off right here, which means we're going to have a bad result when we get to the top of this thing. And, you know, what you look for, I think when you look – when you're looking around you're looking for other professionals my approach to bodywork is real different than most massage therapists because my approach is from a therapeutic we want to get results you know i want to get you able either be able to help you keep doing your sport or now you've done your event now we're going to work on recovery from that event and let's get you ready for your next event You know, we work with, you know, I've worked with uh, professionals and amateurs that are world champions in nine different sports. And the one thing that's in common when you work with athletes, and you know this because you work with athletes, and the definition of an athlete for me is somebody that is active. It's not you're a professional or you're the highest level amateur. It's the person that every day wants to be in shape but not be in horrific pain because they do whatever. And it's uh, doing a little bit of coaching, and it's also knowing when you have to tell them, hey, you know what, if you really want to get better, you're going to have to stop everything for two weeks, and then we're going to build from scratch.
0: Dude, but this is why, dude, I mean, everything, I can't agree more with everything you say. I mean, this is one of the reasons why, you know, it's just, it's fun to be able to talk shop with you and maybe it's because we both see the same way and we, <laughs> we like, uh, you know, we, we just make each other feel better about our approaches, but I think your approach is dead on. And I I couldn't agree with you more in terms of athletes. Like our whole, our whole philosophy is if you have a body, you're an athlete, right? Like. You're designed to be athletes for life. It's just a matter of what um, what amount of activity do you want to have. You know, going forward. And I do think you have a really unique approach. And which is one of the reasons why, you know, anytime somebody asks me in, in our area, in Decatur in particular, like, hey, I'm looking for somebody, massage therapist, you know, I don't want to go to, I don't want to get like a, you know, whatever, like a, a little feel good massage. I'm looking for somebody knows they are talking about, I always recommend you. And it's because we, we, we share a lot of similarities in terms of movement and, and what we feel like people should be able to do. Do, do, do just a favor real quick and sort of describe your um, your approach? Because I do think it is uh, significantly different in a positive way than, than most traditional massage therapists. So, so how would you describe what you do and, and the basics of it?
1: Um, well, the basis of it obviously comes from, you know, I have a bigger toolbox than most massage therapists. I take classes outside of massage, sometimes just so that I can understand the processes that other people are thinking. So I take classes with an osteopathic medicine doctor. His approach is this way. I take classes with non-traditional types of massage therapy, which is more of a bodywork approach, Danny. It's not just, hey, I'm going to lay my hands on you, and then uh, I'm just going to light, no pain involved, no discomfort involved, and we're just going to do massage, and then you're magically going to feel better. That's In my experience, that doesn't happen. Uh, There has to be, just like anytime you're in a good exercise program, you don't go to an exercise program, exercise to minimal levels, no exertion and no uh, exhaustion parameters, and get good results. It's the same, but I have the same approach for massage in that if you're coming to me I assume number one since really all I do is referrals. You can't just you can't just walking off the street. First of all, I don't have any appointments available. When you walking off the street. But second of all, uh, I want to know that you have a an understanding of what you're buying into, and it's not, hey, I'm going to come and this is going to feel great, and then when when I walk out, everything's magically going to be better. When you come to me, my approach is one, first of all, how are you hurting? I'm gonna do a quick assessment. People miss my assessment because I can do it really quick and I do it sometimes while you're walking from the door to where I'm sitting. The reason I don't just jump up is because I'm looking at you walk. I'm looking at the way your hips are balanced. I'm working at the way your shoulders are balanced. I'm working what's, looking at what's going on with your head. So I'm doing a visual assessment as you're coming across the room. I'm doing a visual assessment as you're filling out two pages of paperwork. I don't care about the paperwork. I care about watching what you're doing with your body while you're filling out the paperwork.
0: Yeah. Because
1: that's when people let their guards down, right? It's not, hey, look, if you tell me you're going to do an assessment on me, Danny, I'm going to be in perfect posture. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna clench my butt cheeks the way they're supposed to be clenched. I'm gonna put my feet where they're supposed to be. I'm gonna put them directly straight forward. I'm gonna hang my arms appropriately. I'm gonna pull my shoulders back. I'm gonna make sure my head is sitting in the right position. But if you catch me off guard, then you can go. Well, this is a, you know, they're doing this every time. They're doing this, and it, and the same goes when when you're doing a an activity. You know, oh, I well my hip starts hurting at mile 50 on a hundred mile ride every time okay well there's no reason for me to look at you right now i need to come look at you at mile 50 on a 50 mile ride or 100 mile ride then i can get an idea of what's going on
0: yeah and i I think i love the movement side man i mean I, i i've had patients tell me the same thing they're like yeah jeff watched me walk in and said i broke my ankle i started laughing i'm like yeah i mean the, the more you see that stuff, right? The more you can, you, you can, you can pick it yeah. out. And I think that's, that's one thing that's such a big differentiator is the fact that, you know, you've got all these different reps, uh, you know, under, under your belt and the fact that you can see that, you know, so quickly, uh, how, how long do you feel like it, t- it took to get you to the point where you could quickly assess someone's movement, you know, in an accurate way and really define where root cause problems are?
1: I guess, you know, I think for people who, I think first of all you can. First of all, I think it's a skill that you can learn. First, that's the first thing. Yeah. So for you professionals that are going, well, he's just got some special gift so that he can look and tell. Uh, yeah, it's a gift now, but I spent you know probably ten thousand hours perfecting it. And yeah, every it's just like anything that you do, Danny. You know, when you're when you first cook uh, spaghetti, you get the noodles a little bit underdone or a little too done. You get the sauce a little overspiced or a little underspiced. And then after you've done it a few times, you know almost instinctively, I've got to put a little more of this or a little more of that. It's the same with uh, watching body mechanics and the mechanics of human structure. The first thing is to realize that no matter how much you know, you can learn more. The second thing is to realize no matter how much you think it should make sense, it rarely does. That you're gonna get people that, you know, no matter what you do, you're gonna get them well, and then suddenly they're gonna be hurt again, and you don't have an explanation why they're hurt. But then you start looking at the little things, right? You go, okay, well, what did you not change? Are you sitting, and then what did you what did you change? You know, I saw a client earlier today that was, you know, we were going through his thing, and I'm like, well, I bet you, uh, just in your course of general thing when you're sitting at your desk you put your left foot up on the i said you left you sit in a chair that's got wheels on it and it twists and you're putting your left foot up on the one of the little deals that has a wheel on it but your right foot's on the floor to keep you from rolling back he starts thinking about it he goes well i'm not positive that's right but i'm kind of feeling like it is well that just comes from, you know, it's a, you hear it, you see it, you figure it out one time. Once you figure it out one time, you put it in your little vault of things and then you, you know, three or four times down the line, you get another person that does the same thing. You ask the same questions, you figure out the same thing. Now you get people that come up to you at lunch and they go, this is what's going on. My, the front of my shins are hurting and you know what they you are because you know them you know what they do for a living you say well i think probably what's going on is you're sitting on the front edge of your chair and you've got your all of your weight on the front the balls of your feet and you're bouncing and you're doing that for hours subconsciously just bouncing and the guy goes no i don't do that and then he goes back to his office and he texts you and says i hate you (sighs) yeah you me because you're doing it. Now. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's I think it's, I would say that somewhere around 5,000 hours of experience, you start getting a real feel for it. Somewhere around 10,000 hours of experience, you've got a much better feel for it. And then if you're really fortunate, you are able to put your ego aside and go and you learn from people that you respect. You talk with other professionals in other fields and you, you find out what they're seeing how did you come to this conclusion? Uh, and then if you, you know, the past that is where you completely take away your ego and you go, what are other people saying? Yeah. Okay. And then you're kind of taken from that and you're going, no matter what their level is, let's not get all the time. I get people uh, where I'm, you know, talking with a doctor, talking with a physical therapist, talking with, a uh, chiropractor, all of whom, by the way, every one of those professions has somebody that's exceptional and somebody that's horrible. Right. And the one horrible might be the one that's the most convincing. So you got to be, you know, you got to caution people a little bit and say, okay, well, what's your, who's the physical therapist you're going to, who's the doctor you're going to, what's their experience, what's their hands-on experience? Yeah. And when you get on the phone, realizing that, listen, my information is just as good as your information. And if we work together, we're going to come out with an answer that's way better. I mean, you and I share a lot of clients. Yeah. And because of the free exchange of information, we're able to help more people.
0: Yeah. And
1: that's really the key I think, is is where you're putting your focus. Where's your focus? Is your focus on, I got to keep clients to keep my money in my house or is your focus on I want to get this person well so that when they're well they can perform the very best they can perform.
0: Dude that's so you know freaking dead on I mean it's and it's so true because there's you know like this closed-minded mentality of I got to hang on to this person and I think sometimes it just comes from people that are in a bad business financial situation you know and they are just not doing well and and when, when you're in a place where really you, you, you have to be here no matter what, but, but being a place where you make decisions based on long-term relationships with, with patients, what's best for them. And also I, I, what I like about you, man, when I, when I came to meet you the first time, you know, the group that I teach for, you had, you know, Kelly Stratt's book sitting on your, on your desk and, you know, and I knew we were going to click as soon as I saw that because it's, it's something that at the time wasn't all that um, common. Now, I think a lot more, more people are into this, into this material, but you know, just the fact that like constant learning, constantly trying to improve and, and, and also not having the answer to everything, I think is so rare in the medical community in many different disciplines. People want to be viewed as, oh, I, I know everything. Like I, I'll, I know the answer to everything. I'm infallible. When in actuality, we know very little. It changes all time and we just know what we know now. And if we don't change, then we're stuck in whatever it was that we learned when we were in school or right after we got out of school. So I love the fact that you're exactly. willing to progress.
1: I mean, I, I think that that really, if you, if you were to ask me what I attribute my success to, and by the way, you know, for, you know, the listeners don't know this, but I, I treat between 30 and 40 people per week, every week. My practice really can't be, uh, I can't see more people than what I see. This is as successful as a massage practice can be. I'm in the top 1% in the United States of America for just individual uh, practice. Not, okay, I'm going to have seven people working for me. Just It's just me. It's my practice. It's just me. And if there's anybody else in here, it's somebody that's coming to try to learn from me. Um, but I also never miss an opportunity to train and train across professions. Like, you know, I go and take physical therapy, uh, continuing ed- education classes. That doesn't mean that I come back and use them. I take them so that I can have an understanding as to why, what the thought process, uh, uh, given that exercise is. And and I think that we benefit greatly by, you know, communication. You know, I don't refer people to a lot of people unless, I can have a dialogue with them. And so I have two or three chiropractors that I refer people to. I've got two or three uh, who I consider very, very cutting edge, top of the uh, field, uh, physical therapists that I refer people to. And you know, we, in America, we, we I think where we've got to get out of this mentality is you're right. Uh, it, it's not easy to be the guy that says, uh, well, I don't know why that's happening. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I know somebody that might. Let's see if we can get you in with them. Yeah. And because we're, we're, what we're taught is don't ever let on that you don't know what's going on. You have to be the all knowing uh, grand poobah of <laughs> physical therapy, of massage therapy, of acupuncture, of uh, chiropractic, of. Uh medical doctor, orthopedist, and the reality is, is that we all have our little bit of information that we learned that we might be super good at that, but if some if we took a little bit and and go, and the reason I read supple leopard wasn't because hey, I want to become a trainer, I read it because I wanted to see what his thought processes were. Some of them are brilliant, I disagree with some of them, but you know what? That's my my privileges that I get to disagree True, and disagree with some of mine. And that's okay because as long as we're both getting great results, it gives us us each uh, somebody that we can refer somebody to that we're not getting results with. And then magically they get a little bit better results and now they can come back, you know, with you and I personally, we've had several clients where, I can't get results. I send them to you one time, and then they come back, and then we get an off-the-charts result.
0: And 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 I think vice versa. Dude, and I can so, think of a half-dozen people off the top of my head. I, I remember I had somebody that I was – I just couldn't figure out what was going on with their hip. I sent them to you. They, they saw you once. You did, You did some sort of hip technique to them. And then all of a sudden, all the corrective work we were doing with them – what she was able to do without any pain and and we got back to what she was trying to do within you know a few weeks and like there's just there's just a time and a place when we see this stagnation and what we expect to see to where we have to have the ego check moment of just saying look here's what I see this is to the best of my knowledge this is what I think the problem is it's really not progressing. I had to have a conversation today like uh, like this. I had to spend, send somebody to a sports medicine doc to get an uh, uh, image because I just didn't, I didn't think it was progressing the way that, that I want. And, and, and the, the other thing for us, and I don't know if you're like this, man, but if I ever – if I have somebody come back and, and they are not making progress the way that I want them to – that's not it. We don't even charge them for that. They might be there for 30, 45 minutes. And for me, it's just, look, I'm not getting you where I want you to go. I want to make sure we're on the same page and you feel comfortable with where, where we're going, whether it's go see Jeff or go see one of our other you know, friends that, that can take a second to look at this. But I'm not doing anything for you today besides helping you get to the right place. And I, I think right. long term, it's the right thing to do for folks. So you know, But you're right, man. You, you got to be able to say that you don't know what's going on sometimes. for the best. It's the best thing for that person.
1: Right, and I I couldn't really, I don't think you can say it any better than, and, and to me, it shows where your focus is, right? If, if all you're worried about is the money, then you don't ever spend any time with any of your clients or patients without there being a fee. If you're interested in the overall well-being of the individual, then you might spend, you know, I've sat down and spent an hour with somebody just talking. Yeah. Okay, well, what are, what are we doing here? Like, let's really go through this. And sometimes, you know, you have to do that a couple of times just to figure out what it is that's going on. You know, I had, you know, a wonderful athlete who was, they were just over-treating themselves. You know, they were taking a lacrosse ball and sitting on it all day long. Yeah. Well, then you go, okay, well, that's probably extreme. You know, you that means you've got the muscle in a stretch position for eight hours a day. It doesn't even know how to respond anymore. I mean, you've just over-treated it. It'd be like sitting there doing curls for eight straight hours. Yeah. You know, you're going to, you fatigue the muscle and you stretch the muscle past where it's, where it's uh, highest ability to perform is and then you want it still to perform at the highest level. But it took literally sitting with her and talking through l- – Every single thing she did that day, everything. And then at the end of that, she's going, I want to pay you. And I'm saying, why are you going to pay me? This is what we're supposed to do. My objective is to get you back to performing at the highest level you can perform at. That doesn't mean that I treat everybody for free, but I do exactly what you said. If If we treat and we're not making any progress, we're going to spend a little more time figuring out what's going on before I treat you again. Because me just doing the same treatment on you is probably not going to get you any different results. Right. We're not going to do the exact same treatment over and over hoping for a different result. We're going to treat you and then maybe we're going to change the exercise. We're going to treat you, but we're going to treat you a different way. I'm going to get, you know, as an example, people go, okay, well, you work on the low back. You worked on it for, uh, you know, I get students all the time. Well, you know, how could you spend more than, five-minute treat treating the leg well because i do a different treatment than you i'm treating every single muscle in the lower leg separately then i'm treating every single attachment site of every ligament and every muscle differently than you are you're thinking oh, i just waved my hand over or i pressed into it that's what i do well did you do any cross fiber Treatment. Did you do any deep transverse fiber? Did you do deep transverse treatment with movement? Did you do any deep transverse uh, with passive movement, with active movement, with movement against resistance? No, I didn't do any of that. Okay, well then you didn't treat the damn leg. You treated part of the leg, treat the whole thing, then you get a better result. So it's not, I'm not real, I don't, profess to be the smartest guy in the room but I am the most dogmatic I mean I will stay on until we figure out what the problem is but I'm not I'm also the guy that will go I don't think I can understand what's going on right here why don't we get a different opinion I'd like you to go see you know just as an example not that he's the best in the world uh Josh Glass as far as chiropractor downtown yeah if it's a runner I want him to go see Josh Class because he deals with tons of runners right. from the Olympic team all the way down to several college sports teams. Why does that make him a better uh, therapist? Because he sees more things all the time. He's got his hands in it all the time. If I'm sending somebody to a physical therapist, I've got three different physical therapists that I feel remarkably good about sending people to. But my go to is I send them over to Athletes Potential. Why? Because I, my experience is that you're going to get the very best to get you back on your feet the very quickest that you can do so. So, okay, you went and saw this other guy because he's $40 a visit, but you've seen him for 30 visits and you've got no progress.
0: That's a great point. Is that
1: the guy you want to keep seeing? Right. <laughs> or do you want to go to somebody who's, Literally in their mission statement is, is we want to get you well as fast as we can get you well. That's who you want to see. Go to the guy that's going to do whatever it takes to get you better and on your feet and act and working again the fastest that you can do it. And, you know, when I start my sessions, I basically tell people, listen, this is not going to be a comfortable massage where you can take a nap. You're going to be working throughout the massage. I'm going to ask you to do things. You're, if, you, if you're not doing them right, I'm going to say, no, no, I need you to tweak it a little bit here or there. But my objective is to get you pain-free and back in your activity, which, you know, as we've discussed, I think stopping activity is, is where a lot of the treatment problems begin.
0: You know, this is is a great point because you really segue well into uh, one other piece that I want to touch on with you. And it was, you work with a lot of people and you see a lot of, you know, you have a lot of reps, you see a lot of people that are in pain. Where do you feel like people are missing the mark if they're in pain? Is that a big part of it? Just being inactive and hoping it goes away or anything else?
1: Yeah, I think that's a huge part of it. And that's a huge part of our, uh, a huge part of our medical profession treatment. And this is not a medical practitioner problem it's a litigious society problem because if you come to me as, and I'm a podiatrist by any chance. So you go to a podiatrist, you come to him and you've got a little plantar fasciitis. What does he have to do to put you in a damn boot? Right. Why does he put you in a boot? Because then he knows you're resting everything. And can you get hurt while you're wearing the boot? No. You just sit there and wear the boot. You and I know that you are doing damage by wearing the boot. A lot of damage because you're, you suddenly created a hip imbalance. You've suddenly created a whole bunch of muscles that weren't injured that are now stagnant, which, you know, which the, the basic person doesn't realize this, but you know, every, every three hours, there's another layer of connective tissue. So every, for every day that they're sitting in that boot, that's eight layers of connective tissue that you now have to correct every single day and so this non-movement thing i think the inactivity thing is is failed and i think our sometimes our approach to hey you got to push through is also failed because the person doesn't know you know unless they've had some level of great training and even if they have had levels of great training they still do crazy stuff well it hurts i know it hurts but you know, I know I can get through this. Well, in you're getting through it, you're damaging this, this, and this. My, where I would, I would always err though on the side of activity versus inactivity.
0: Right, yeah, mine, in my
1: cases, experience, right? Right, you do your modifications, you don't go crazy. When it starts hurting, you stop. You also have to, you know, coach up your, uh, your people. You have to let them know. Hey, listen, it's gonna stop hurting pretty, well, pretty much as you get into the activity. That's because there's a lot of increased endorphins, a lot of increased blood flow to the area. Uh, it's not gonna respond the same way. You have to consciously say, hey, I know what this is where my level is. And yeah, it's okay if I don't push it to the maximum limit because I'm also trying to recover. I'm not just doing an activity. But I think one of our big failings and that has been, you know, has obviously been around for a really long time is, hey, I just won't I'll just rest it. Okay. Well, you haven't done anything to make it better, but you haven't done anything to make it worse.
0: Right.
1: You know, you know, a lot of times with Pursitis, if you just put your finger on the Bursa and just pump it, you just keep pushing in and pushing out. Well, you're going to get a new amount of fluid into that bursa sac. Is it painful? Hell yeah, it's painful. But I think it's monumentally better than going and getting a cortisone shot at the first sign of
0: problems. Oh, sure. Or it's just like going for a walk. I, I mean, the amount of people that I've seen with acute lower back pain that sometimes literally the best thing to do is just, you know, lay down in a comfortable position, breathe, and then go for a walk. And 50% of their symptoms resolve versus take a bunch of pain meds and lay, lay on the couch, you know, for eight hours and then see how you feel over the next week. Like, it's dramatically different. Right. And we're just designed to, oh to move and, and, get, and get things, uh, you know, get things moving within, within the body that, that we can't see. And I, I just think that uh, you, you're so spot on with that. And, and some of it is, is our fault too. Like, in terms of providers in particular, many of them just don't know what alternatives to tell people. So they just tell them not to do anything because it's a lack of understanding of like what would piss it off and what wouldn't. And that, and that just comes from additional training. That's definitely not something that many of us get in school.
1: Right. And it's, you know, and, and, that, and, they, and, and one of the primary problems that we have is as you, you know, you're an educator, you're a, a therapist, you're also a, uh, you know, a student. in the ideal perfect scenario, you're a student, you're a teacher, you're a therapist. And when you do that, if you, you know, the problem is, is that first of all, a lot of therapists and myself included in that from time to time, you don't have time to go and study the next latest, greatest, whatever. Yeah. But that's where I think You know, some of the value added of being around other good practitioners is that you get there, you get the ability that they had time to read this that tells you, okay, well, maybe the very best treatment is not to ice something right after it's injured, because there's a great study that basically talks about that. But then also not misappropriating that information and saying, okay, well, no icing during recovery either. Those are two different things.
0: Right. You know, an injury
1: response from the body is one thing, a recovery response for the body totally different. Yeah. And so where a cold therapy might be phenomenal for recovery, it might not be the greatest thing for, hey, I just twisted my ankle and I tore my interior uh tallofibular ligament. Okay. Hey, well putting ice on that might not be the best treatment. Yeah. But you'll have practitioners go all the way up and down the ladder. That, well, that's the way I learned it in school, so that's what I'm going to do. Right?
0: Yeah, I think if you hear that that answer from any practitioner, um, hey, that's what I learned in school. It's outdated. Right. I mean, the speed of information that that's shared. You know, the 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 changes in the healthcare profession. I mean, even recently, the the uh, the updated information on cortisone injections are. It's, it's shocking how bad they are. for. Like, we knew they weren't great for, for people's joints, um, it, but we didn't know how bad they were. And, and it, as of recently, it's way worse than we thought. Accelerated you know, joint replacements is what it leads to in many cases. So you know, even something like that, if, if you're just like, yeah, but when I was in school, we did cortisone injections for all of these things. Well, you're, you're doing a disservice to the people you're working with because you're not putting the time in to try to stay on top of what currently is our best information.
1: Exactly. And that, and you know, and yet, you know, obviously uh, you got to be careful where you're getting your information from as well, right? You know, we don't just, uh, we shouldn't anyway, we should investigate everything, but don't take everything for what somebody's saying, because you have to know who did the research, you know, who's, who's doing the research, who funded the research, what was the actual study, Oh, it was done on three people. Okay, well, that's probably not something I want to rely on for right. a concrete information. But other studies you look at and you go, hey, look, this is, they were actually trying to prove that this was the right treatment and they figured out it wasn't the right treatment. That's a study I really pay attention to. Yeah. Because the person that funded it wanted to say one thing and what they found was something totally different. Right. And, you know, from, uh, uh, and everything changes. You know, you the, some of the things that you that I learned forty years ago are they're just not applicable anymore at all in any way, shape, or form. And then some of them are spot on yeah. because they were you know ten years after you learned them they were obsolete and we don't do any of it. And then suddenly ten more years go by and all the things that they were saying that were wrong. Are right again, okay? But not with most of the real concrete information. I mean, listen, we all—I think there's everybody to a core knew that uh, there were some issues with cortisone shots, the way they were being used, and, and the and the frequency that they were being used. Sure. Quite frankly, but we also, from the other side of that, as a treatment professional and as a, uh, a as a therapist, hey, you know what? Sometimes they're necessary. Yeah, And also realize that, hey, listen, this person's got uh, one chance of competing in this event ever. And it's right now. And if they don't get a cortisone zone shot, forget about it. They're not, they're not going to be able to compete. And if they do get the shot, they're going to be able to compete. And they will deal with the long-term ramifications of that. Sure, But I think what we have to do a better job is explaining what the, you know, what the differences are. Listen, I can get, you know, you deal with it. I know the unrealistic expectation. Well, I've got, I injured my ankle, but I wanted to be ready uh, next week so I can run a marathon.
0: Yeah.
1: That's probably not realistic. Doesn't mean that you can't do it. You might hurt a lot of other things in the process of doing that. So you might want to think through that. Like how important is this marathon?
0: Yeah, uh, you know? uh, totally. Uh, dude, I agree 100%. And sometimes it's people's jobs, right? I mean, I'm, I'm working with the, uh, a photographer right now that shoots a bunch of weddings, and apparently it's wedding season right now. And so she's got, I think it's something like four or five weddings back to back to back to back, you know, weekends. And each time and it's that she brutal. does it. Two days. Oh man, dude, we counted. I think she does somewhere around like 1,500 to 2,000 curls with her camera. It's only on one side. And then she has to edit all the photos after that. And, and it, it's, so, yep. it's it's almost like she's an overhead athlete. She's like some of the baseball players we work with. And, and we're like, all right, look, we're in season right now. Our goal is not to fix this. Our goal is to get you through this. And then right. we can you know take some time to let this heal. Then we can solve this this problem. But you came to me in season. I, that's, that's not how it works. Like you're, you're going to do damage this next weekend whenever you're shooting another wedding.
1: Right. Exactly. And that's, and that, you know, that's the, uh, that's the conversation a good therapist has with their patient or their client or their, you know, whatever terminology you want to use. When they come to you, it's not for you to lie and say, Hey, look, if you just take two weeks off, well, they can't take two weeks off. Right. This, they're busy season. They actually, you know, there's a busy season in a lot of different industries, but, you know, you, you can't just take, it's like if a football player comes to you right now, you can't tell him, Hey, I think the very best result we'd get is if you just took six weeks off.
0: Right. Okay.
1: Let me see how that goes over with the team that employs me and that pays me. Yeah. It's not going to go over well. They're going to say, Hey, look, we've got our own doctors and we're just going to shoot you up or we're going to do whatever it takes to get you back on the field. And, The difference is is that you can actually, you know, what most people don't want to put into the equation is, is they, they go, well, if I come every week, it's going to cost me $200 a week. Okay. But at the end of that, you're not going to be crippled, number one. And at the end of that, now we can actually, once we get you through the season, now we can get you, we can get some corrective exercises in place. We can get uh, a better alignment so that this problem is not occurring next busy season. Yeah. So you're, you might give up some of your profits from this, this busy season, but you're going to be able to, first of all, able to take on more work with no pain right. next season.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, for sure. It, it's long term, man. I think for a lot of people, especially with something like that, it's pretty, it's pretty easy to see. And um, but I, I think, I think the the view for people or proactive work is changing quite a bit. Um, and and it, it's cool to see that. Um, hey, Jeff, I want to be respectful of your time. I want to, I want to uh, finish with a couple questions. I know you're like Mister Atlanta, Mister Decatur. You guys have streets named after your family. Um, I think you know <laughs> probably more about the Cater area in particular than most people do. And uh, I like to ask everybody a couple questions about kind of specifically our area. And, and, uh, so, so what's, what's one of your favorite healthy uh, spots to eat in the Cater slash Atlanta area? What would you recommend? All right. Well,
1: it maybe not healthy, but I love to go to Leon's. Mm, yeah. That's where, uh, that's
0: where we had lunch last time.
1: Yeah. And it's, uh, listen, I just, I've never had a bad meal. I think they're, uh, their direction to service is so the good. way that it should be. You know, they, they don't ever stop checking on you, making sure you're okay. It's a group server mentality. In other words, if your server's too busy, that doesn't mean that you don't get any service. You're getting service from a lot of other places. So yeah. I've never had a bad experience at Leon, so that's kind of my – if I want to just go and have a relaxed pub food kind of – which, you know, great pub food, but it's still pub food. Yeah. Uh, don't go in there expecting that you're going to get a you know twelve course meal because that's not what it is. But I love Leons. I love the ownership. I love the mentality. I love the servers, and just a great environment, great place to go. Yeah,
0: that's a great recommendation. What's your uh, what's your favorite outdoor activity to do in Atlanta?
1: Uh, I would say uh, it's still occasionally I get to go play golf. Uh, I love golf. I've always loved golf. I was a scratch golfer at one time. Uh, I am not anywhere near that now, but <laughs> it's a different mentality, right? I just, I go stressed, particularly for the purpose of, hey, I'm going to go and play and have a good time. Yeah. And I can do that at a lot of different courses around Atlanta. For me, I drive outside the perimeter because usually you can find a course that has less people on it. Yeah. All
0: right. Good recommendation. What's one, what's one healthy habit you've developed that you feel like has dramatically impacted uh, your health? uh,
1: Doing, uh, for me, it's the LDOA stretches or exercises, which is, uh, is a stretching exercise that was developed by a French osteopath, Guy Boyer, uh, And if you want to do a group class, you know my recommended. There's only one guy that's certified to teach them in Atlanta, and that's Andrew Johnston. But uh, it has done remarkable things for my low back and between in my neck. I just don't have any pain anymore.
0: Yeah,
1: and it's I can I can literally just say that one exercise that one activity is what you know you can pick obviously a thousand things i eat better than i ever have i, I exercise more than i ever have but i do that one spe- you know three specific aldoas and then i do a general aldoa and i just feel better it keeps everything moving
0: i like it self-work that's great okay so uh, last thing, what's one book uh, that uh, you feel like if somebody's looking to improve their physical or mental health it, that you would recommend or you do recommend to people?
1: Um, if you're into exercise at all, I think The Supple Leopard's a phenomenal book. Uh, and if you're looking for some explanations about how the brain works with your personality, then I would say uh, the whole identity by Dr. Jerome Lubo is an incredible book. Huh. So there's, there's, your two.
0: I haven't heard of that one. That sounds cool. I've, I've read, uh, the whole brain child I don't know if it's the same, um, the same people. It sounds similar.
1: It's a different, I think it's a different thing. This is, is a, uh, Jerome is a functional neurologist that actually worked out of my office for a period of time, but I, oh. I literally saw him perform miracles with the treatment of, individuals in the way that he treated them and uh i i saw him treat three different kids with autism that were nonverbal that were speaking by the time they left two weeks wow. later
0: Dang.
1: and that didn't happen but it did and i watched it with more than one person i, I watched him perform what in my opinion really remarkable treatments He's a remarkable guy uh but also you know, if you can tap into those people, any insight they have—that's kind of my thing. Look, I can't spend as much time as I'd like to with him, but I can read his book. And I can't spend—I can't spend time with Kelly uh, Streep, but I can read his book. You know, and if you're lucky, if you're fortunate enough, you keep changing your time perspective so that you can spend time with people that can. Increase your knowledge and your ability and that's what I've tried to do. So there's your there's your fun
0: Yeah, good good answer. All right Jeff if people want to reach out and uh, learn more about your approach book a visit with you um, Any of that where should they go to do that? Uh, the best place
1: is to the website and you know the website just gives you a preliminary Kind of some frequently asked questions. It's not a it's not updated all the time. But what it does do, there's an online scheduler on there. Uh, there's my telephone numbers on there. Uh, that web address is www.comprehensivebodyworks.com. And if you type in comprehensive body work, it'll still take you there. Yeah. So any of those things, you know, that's probably the best way to find out a little bit about me. It gives you some of the information that I – and some of the techniques that I use, not all of them. You know, I haven't updated any of the information from uh, 15 classes with uh, Guy Voyer, which, you know, is all kinds of methodology for getting the body better. And, And the more you learn, the better you get.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No need to update it. If you're listening to this, Jeff's legit. Go go check him out. If you're looking for a massage therapist, body worker, you know you're dealing with something chronic and you want to get somebody to take a look at it. He's he's uh, he's awesome. We we send a lot of people his way. We trust his opinion. So, um, Jeff, hey, thank you so much for your time today, man. I really appreciate it. Um, and guys, as always, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. And we'll catch you next time. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Athlete's Potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life, head over to athletespotential.com to learn more.